if it feels like you're getting bitten by a fly, you're probably getting bitten by a fly. Hi guys, welcome to Painting Pictures. I'm Gabriel Roberts and we're gonna make some bread. Bow chicka bow wow, chicka bow wow, bow chicka bow wow, chicka bow wow. Here we go, I got a bowl, found the yeast. That was gonna be the holdup. I thought that because I couldn't find a ye the yeast, I thought it was a sign from God that I wasn't supposed to make bread this evening. And I thought, well, what if it's in the fridge? Do you keep yeast in the fridge? And ding, ding, ding. <laughs> That's exactly where you keep it. Some people. Uh, I've noticed that it's in a... Uh, can be sometimes come... It can sometimes come in a brown glass jar. So that tells you that it should be stored in a cool place. I'm currently scooping what I just pray is um, bread flour. Because if it isn't, this bread will suck. It'll suck and uh, it'll be a waste of flour, <laughs> first of all. Primarily a waste of flour. That being the the largest ingredient in here. And I'm almost using all of this flour and God, I just, I hope it's ours. I hope it's bread flour. Uh, I hope I'm not making a huge mistake. Huge mistake. That would have to be rectified by purchasing some more of what this is tomorrow at the co-op, but I don't know what it is. I would just know that it isn't flour or it isn't bread flour. I couldn't very well go into the store and just say, looking for not bread flour. So, this is a podcast about my life. Uh, it's about the things I find funny. You know, most of you know it. You, you're not new listeners here, are you? Well, if you are, welcome. Welcome to Painting Pictures. Coming to you from... Greensboro Bend, Vermont. Greensboro Bend. Which is, uh... Excuse me. If you, find, if you find this terribly disrespectful that I'm making bread while recording the intro to my podcast, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I really don't. Um, you have every right to be offended. Really. I mean, you could be just straight up offended right now, and I wouldn't blame you. Greensboro Bend, it's, it's, it's like Greensboro, except there's a little, just a little kind of going on in it. 
A quarter teaspoon yeast? That's like nothing. Uh, a quarter teaspoon? How the hell am I going to measure that? Oh, wait. <laughs> I'll use the quarter teaspoon measuring spoon. <laughs> Not very often you get to use this little guy. Holy crap, there's a one-eighth of a teaspoon. Cheese and rice. One-eighth of a teaspoon. God, what kind of a sick fucked up recipe calls for an eighth of a teaspoon of something. Uh, speaking of recipes, I made Israeli, Israeli couscous today. Been a long time. I like that grain. The Israeli couscous. It's bigger than the other couscous. I wonder what the plural of couscous is. I'm going to go ahead and guess that it's couscous. <laughs> Uh, I made Israeli couscous today, and I looked on the box to figure out the ratio for the couscous, and it was uh, one and two-thirds cup couscous, and then one and three-quarters cup water. Can you believe that shit? And, and how many, you know, cups are in the package? Not whatever, 3.5, that would be two one and three quarters cups, or, 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 uh, oh, God, I'm trying to figure out one and two thirds times two, let, let me just make sure that's what it is, one and one third cups couscous, well, that's good, one and one third times two is two and two thirds, if you'd asked me one and two thirds times two, um, I would have just shit my pants, because I don't know, can't figure that one out, all right, we got uh, three cups of flour, a quarter teaspoon of yeast, uh, one and a half to two teaspoons of salt. Well, I like salt, so I'm going to go with two. Uh, one and two. I've, this is uh, some kind of grainy salt, so I'm going to spoon it into my hand first and then crumble it with my fingers. might be kosher salt. You can kind of crush it with your fingers, which is pretty satisfying. Uh, one and a half to two teaspoons of salt. All right. We're mixing that all together. Flour, salt, and yeast. We're almost done, by the way. We're almost there, guys. Uh, we'll be on to the next thing in just a moment. Uh, now I just need water. Stay with me. Stay with me. I know. I know. Uh, disrespectful and annoying. I know. I don't know why I'm doing it. I just felt like it, alright? I just felt like it. I wanted to make bread and record a podcast at the same time, because I've never done it before. One and one-third cups water. You know, people, can we just... Really? Does it have to be... This goes back to the Israeli couscous. Does it have to be one and a three-quarters cups water and one and a third cups couscous? Can we approximate? Let's see, there's one. And then we're going to need one third. Well, I'm mixing together the flour, salt, and yeast. No sugar in here. No sugar. Just flour, salt, and yeast. And now I'm going to 
Stir in the water to make a slightly sticky dough. Boom. Boom, here comes the water. There's one cup. This is fun. This is really fun. This is good old-fashioned fun, I'd say. This pretty much defines good old-fashioned fun. Making bread by hand on Saturday night. You know? Um, it doesn't get... I don't know what could be a better example of good old-fashioned fun. All right, we're really almost there, and then I'm going to give you my full attention. Um, this is... This is like an exercise in... Uh, I don't know, just seeing how, 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 how far will you go with me, you know? Oh god, I don't know if I got exactly a third cup of water. Actually, I should really measure this because this is exactly the way you mess up rice, you know? If making bread is anything like making rice. See, I had too much, but I think I had a little less than the last one. One thing about rice, you can't mess around with that one-to-two ratio. This goes back to the couscous again. Uh, well, I made couscous and I didn't—I didn't follow that ratio. What the hell? There was there was not there was a certain amount of couscous left. It's like you get—you have a, it's a small box of couscous, and it's not going to come out. You're going to use some. You know, say you make your first time, you follow the recipe, and you use one and a third cups of couscous, great. And maybe you get to do that again, great. But then you get down to the end, and it's a different amount. And what, you know, it's like one and an eighth cups, and then you're going to have to cross-multiply one and a third over one and three quarters equals one and one eighth over x. And then you're multiplying fucking fractions together? I mean... What a... Who do you think I am? I'm making Israeli couscous. Like... Uh, who... What... Uh, it's just too much. It's just too much. It's stupid and... Um, Alright, I've got a slightly sticky dough. I'm trying to get it all into one... Looks like whole wheat flour. I hope it's not all whole wheat. I got. I don't know. I've never done this before, guys. I don't know how this is supposed to go. It looks like I need more water, but doing the water to make a slightly sticky dough. Oh, I don't have to like knead it or anything. <laughs> it's called no knead bread, actually. Believe it or not. That's what it's called. Alright, that's that's it. That's step one. Uh, step two is to cover the bowl with a towel and let it proof. Let it proof. Is that just a fancy word for let it rise? Let it proof. Is this are we proofing that the yeast works? Uh, because leaving it overnight for twelve to fourteen hours seems like a really stupid way to proof something, because if you wake up and the proof is that it didn't work, 
well, then where are you? <laughs> you know? you got to wait until the next day. That's the thing about this recipe, that it takes 12 to 14 hours to rise. You can't do it in the... Well, theoretically, you could do it in the morning. Say you get up, you do it first thing in the morning. It rises from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Well, then you got to bake it. And then you're close to 8 o'clock. And what are you going to do with fresh bread at 8 o'clock? You're just, you're just out of the ballpark at that point. You're, you're off the chain, and no one wants to, no one wants to talk to you. You're the weirdo with, Hey, guys, you want to try my bread? At fucking 8 o'clock at night on a weekday. Give me a break. So we better hope this works. All right. Covering with towel. Would love to find another uh, kitchen towel, but I, I don't know where they are. That's, that's surprising. I can, I'll bet I can figure that out. I found the yeast. You know? Kitchen towel. Kitchen towel. Kitchen towel. No. It's not kitchen towel. Anyway, you guys are just sitting there. I'm sorry. I really am. All right, I'm going to use this towel. And I don't know what I'm going to use to dry my hands later when I do the dishes, but I guess I'll figure something out. This really doesn't look like it's going to do anything. But... It might. It might. And I might have bread in the morning to put in the oven. Well, folks, I've got a little podcast for you. And um, now now you have my full attention. Um, The reason I wanted to do that intro was to inspire you by the fact that I'm making bread by hand. And I know that, you know, a lot of you don't have the chance to do that. And um, I just want to show you, you know, how cool I am that I'm making bread by hand and make you a little jealous, maybe, and wish that your life was as cool as mine. That being said, Charlie, um, your life is your life is as cool as mine. You know, maybe you're a bungee jumper and your life is even cooler than mine. Or maybe you're a plastic surgeon, and you get to perform surgery on all different sorts of plastic, you know, plastic containers, Ziploc bags, you know, you're sewing up Ziploc bags, you're repairing ping pong balls, wiffle balls, all kinds of balls, Um, you know, sporting equipment. Um, small things, big things, plastic is a, it's a whole world unto itself. I guess I I could give you an update on the running. I've been barefoot running. I talked about it last time, how I ran and tried to run in shoes and then decided to run barefoot. And I talked about the roads. Well, the roads have been getting better because they haven't regraded them in a while. And that means it's had just traffic. Cars driving back and forth, and every time a car goes by, their wheels, you know, run over a rock and push it into the dirt. And that's one less rock that I'll step on when I'm running barefoot and go, oh, fuck! That's what I do. (laughs) Pretty much every single time that I've gone barefoot running, I've stepped on a large rock and exclaimed, oh, fuck, ah! I usually actually sometimes I say, fuck me in the fucking ass. That's, uh, I'm scaring the dog right now. I'm sorry, little. It's okay. You're such a good dog, yeah. 
Yeah, so this is Little. She's a good girl. Little, you want to say hi? Say hi. Is whatever high is it in dog? Okay. Good girl. I don't know if you guys heard her. But she said, what's up, y'all? What's up? I'm Little. Little the dog. She's a really cool dog. And she doesn't step on... She somehow doesn't step on stones when she runs barefoot. But yeah, I'll say, fuck me in the fucking ass. <laughs> I've actually said that a few times. That's like my thing. That's like... That's as... That's as bad as it gets here in the in the world of Gabriel. That's like that's the tops. That's the the tippity top, the pinnacle of of explanation of exclamation. Fuck me in the fucking ass, and that about sums it up. Sometimes, like when you're barefoot running and you step on a fucking rock, and the the only good thing about well, the the only uh, solace in that. The silver lining? No. I don't know what the word is. The thing that makes it not as bad as it could be is that you're in Vermont and chances are nobody sees you uh, sort of halfway go down. Because when you step on a rock, you kind of like get all your weight off of that leg and then sometimes you step on another rock. It's like that time in Peony I got taken down by goat heads all by myself, taking the compost out barefoot. Stepped on one goat, goat head, quickly shifted my weight to the other foot. Stepped on another goat head, kind of shifted my weight back to the other foot and stepped on another goat head and just went down in a heap. I haven't gone down yet, but I have gotten chased by two dogs while running. And shit's scary. That shit is scary because dogs in a short distance... I, I mean, I'd like to think that I can I can move pretty quickly, but when I'm running on gravel, dirt roads, like I can't just take off sprinting because I have to pick my little way through the, the rock piles. And so the other day I got chased by this fucking dog, like a boxer dog, and this thing came at me like a bat out of hell. It didn't even waste time to bark at me. That's how hard this dog was coming at me tearing at me um i keep running uh and then at the very last second i turn back towards it and i kind of stop my feet and i stop and i put my hand down and i say it's okay and the dog pulled up and turned off to the side and then started barking at me and then kept going and I don't know if it would have if I had just kept running I don't know if it would have bitten you know lunged and sunk its teeth into my legs quite possibly or um maybe not maybe it was just going to do that stop thing but that's the second time I've gotten well another time I got chased by a dog was a couple years ago in Smith River and it was a fucking nasty dog came at me hard yo came at me hard Big, furry, black dog just charged. This boxer, I think, I mean, it scared the shit out of me, but this boxer dog a couple days ago, I think, was kind of like playfully, uh, like dogs like to chase things that go by in the street. That's like a thing. They like to chase after cars. It's just fun for them. 
the dog in Smith River came at me and I was just walking down the street and it came at me like it wanted to kill me. And I did the same thing. It got, I, I kind of backed up. And then as soon as it got right to me, I like stomped my feet and like put my hands down and it veered away. So I think you can scare dogs off, but then you think about some dogs and it's like, you come at them aggressively then they're just going to fucking go for your jugular or something. I don't know. I don't know what the strategy is, but the plan is to buy some dog spray and just spray the fucker. And, um, then I'll be running and I won't be afraid of dogs because there was another dog that chased me, uh, the other day and, uh, it was scary. <laughs> it's pretty scary. I'm, you know, out for a run, um, I don't know, keep your dog, like, well, that's what the, the spray is great for, because I'm not on the pro- on someone's property, I'm on the road, their dog leaves their property to chase me, I am fully within my, ra- probably within my rights to shoot the thing, honestly, um, but spray, dog spray is much better, um, just spray the shit out of that dog, <laughs> And I'm sorry. And maybe um, I should go over there and talk to them. Be like, hey, I'm going running here. My fiance is going running here. Your dog came at me. Next time I'm going to spray it in the face. <laughs> and to show them the spray. So they know I mean business. Well, the running's going pretty well. Uh, the other thing I've been working on is wedding invitations. Christ. What a uh, can of worms that is. Um, actually, I don't really want to. I don't really want to talk about that. I'm, you know, nothing to say there. It's just, it's uh, all these things. They just take more time. They take more time than than you think they will. You know, like scratching your balls. You go down there and you think it's just gonna be a quick scratch, and next thing you know, it's five o'clock in the afternoon. You haven't done anything, <laughs> and you're still just trying to get that. Just trying to get that. That spot, <laughs> I've been there, and it's you know it's been a, a relatively pleasant day because you're sitting comfortably, you're getting a good ball massage. Maybe you're overdue, men. Do you know that you're supposed to massage your balls? I know this, but I don't do this. But yeah, you're supposed to massage your balls, just like women are supposed to massage their breasts. I guess, or they're supposed to check for bumps. I don't know if they're supposed to massage their breasts, but gentlemen. Uh, massage thy balls. It's, it's a, um, this, that, this is like a public service announcement for men. Massage your balls. <laughs> End of message. <laughs> massage your balls regularly. End of message. Wedding invitations. Oh, I, today, um, I polished, I washed and polished Susie Subaru. Now, the paint has been rapidly deteriorating on Suzy Subaru. It's an issue we've all been aware of, and no one has done shit about it. Um, so, it was time. It was time, and um, this way I won't get any painting done this whole weekend, um, because I will spend two full days working on my car. <laughs> it's paint. I even took the little runners off. Boy, give a Virgo like me a job like polishing a car and a whole day 
and a couple cups of coffee and you'll get slow and steady progress. <laughs> That's what you'll get. Uh, well, I've got the polishing mostly done. Well, I've got the polishing done. It's like, but I have to do it again because I have two polishing compounds. One is very abrasive or more, most abrasive and the other is less abrasive. So we're going to get a really shiny finish here and then we're going to have to wax. Uh, so if you add in washing the car, you've got a four-step process there. And to get that done in one day, well, granted, I could do it faster now because I have a better idea of what the polishing compound does. And what it does is it, uh, it turns dull paint that's like starting to t just turn dull and cloudy a little bit. It turns that back into shininess. It just buffs it right out of the clear coat. What it doesn't do is help you with bald patches where you've completely lost your clear coat. And that's already happened to me. Well, it happened to Susie, but it happened to me because she's my car. So, um, I could probably do it faster now that I know, like, I got the hang of it at the end. I was like, oh, this is what it does. <laughs> it doesn't do, like, I was literally just taking off some of the paint because I was polishing some of the really bare spots. And I'm sorry, Susie, but... You know, things, sometimes it, you just have to learn things. And that's what I learned. Looks cool, though. Looks great. I mean, really, this is going to look hot, this car, once it's done. It's still going to have these empty patches, but it's going to have a real nice coat of wax on there. I got this buffer attachment for the uh, chainsaw. Uh, you put it on the end of the chainsaw, and you turn the chainsaw on, and it... It only works once because by the time it gets around again, it's been destroyed by the chainsaw. But if you can um, get it on the patch that you want to buff on that one round roundabout, it it'll buff it right up. No, I'm just kidding. It's a it's an attachment for a drill. It's an attachment for a drill, and that makes a lot more sense, doesn't it, Charlie? Doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Well, so that's what I've been working on, folks. Today's podcast is, is just more of this. <laughs> um, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, well, it kind of is, but it's there's other segments from this week. So today, this week I went to work, and I've got a podcast that I recorded on my way to the, my first day of work, or a snippet, and then I've got a snippet I recorded on my way back from my last day of work. It's a, it's a, it's a neat little cycle. I think you'll agree. You'll, f you'll... You'll get a sense of what this week was like for me. And um, again, hoping hoping that you just think I'm really cool, basically. Um, I don't care if you rate and review this podcast. I don't care if you subscribe to this podcast. I don't tell, care if you tell your friends about this podcast. I don't care if you scratch your balls while you're listening to this podcast or not. Um, I just want you to think I'm cool. And I want to feel cool because I'm making a podcast. And I want to be able to tell people, oh, yeah, I make a podcast. And I don't really care wh um, where it goes, what it does, where it takes me, um, you know, your thoughts. Uh, basically, all I care about is if you think I'm cool. So you can, if you want to tell me how cool you think I am, you can send an email to Gabe. Roberts Art. That's G A B E R O B E R T S A 
rt at gmail.com. That's an email address for those of you uh, stuck in the 20th century. <laughs> uh, there's also a website for the podcast, which, again, <laughs> I have a website. Did I tell you that? I have a website. It's GabeRobertsArt.com. All right, folks, let's get into it. This is me on the road on my way to my first day of work. Thanks for tuning in. First day of work, folks, on the road. It's a rough road. It's um, requiring a lot of use of the shocks and suspension system in my Subaru Forester. The roads here really can be annoying. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta go slow, basically until you know the road, and then you figure out the parts of the road where you can haul ass, and then you figure out the parts of the road where you have got to slam on the brakes. And by haul ass, I mean go like 40 on a dirt road. And then, and then you know you come to a patch where you've got to slow down to about 10 miles an hour, or else the road rocks you. And I hit a patch heading up this road, which I've only driven once before, I was going about 30, and I just hit a patch of washboard, yeah, dude, hit a patch of that washboard, and, uh, rocked my socks, rocked my socks, and I said, fuck you, I was so pissed at that road, fuck you, hit me with that washboard. Boy, the views are beautiful. We got some blue sky today. It's Tuesday. It's been gray in Vermont. It's been gray and cold. And, uh, well, the old saying, it's not an old saying, but it's getting to be an old saying by now (laughs) for me, because I keep saying it to myself, is that it really makes you appreciate good weather. Which is like, uh, you know, saying, say your life is terrible. Um, It's like saying, well, you know, it'll really make you appreciate the good times. Which is true to a certain extent. Boring is boring. Whether it's nice weather or shit weather. If it never changes, it's boring. But... uh, Oh, we're getting to some... Ah... Getting to the blacktop. Yeah, dude, down to the blacktop. Which isn't actually black. It's kind of a... Uh... That's a gray. You guys know what color... (laughs) You know what color roads are. They can vary. So, I don't know. Um... Maybe the weather improves. But... As far as I can tell, this is kind of par for the course. 
Vermont. Like, you get a week of nice weather, and then you get a week or three of shit weather. And, boy, this person's really going slow. Cramping my style. So, well, he knew about that, and that was a dipperino. So, I guess I should be grateful I have this angel to guide me along the roadway. Knows where to slow down. Ooh, because there are some dipperinos in this road. Christ. I mean, it's just like, is this... (laughs) Is this road maintained at all? Um... I wonder if roads have gotten better. I, I've been reading a book about the history of Vermont, and I've seen that roads have overall gotten better, of course, because there were no roads, right, back in the day. Certainly no paved roads or uh, even gravel roads. And uh, But, like... This road is terrible, and it's 2016. So did they hit a plateau? They hit a plateau in terms of what they could... uh, What they could maintain. You know? And it's only so much. It's based on manpower and technology and until there's another a great leap forward in in technology for roads so this is sketchy I've got to make a turn off of a highway it's a two lane highway but still got to come to a complete stop in the middle of the fucking road to make a turn <laughs> to make a turn this is a harrowing adventure and this is going to be my daily thing I'm going to be doing this every day. Uh, Boy, I will just... I will know where all those dips are. And I'll slow down. And one day I'll be the car... That someone is following. And they'll go... Oh, this asshole is really going slow. And then... They'll come to a huge dip in the road. And they'll think... Oh, thank God... For this asshole who's going really slow. Because he obviously knows this road... That'll be me one day, and I won't get any recognition for it. Like, I didn't say anything nice to that newer generation Subaru Forester that I was tailgating that whole time. Um, But I sure am grateful. And, you know, it's a thankless job, I guess. And we're back to a dirt road. Now, this road is relatively smooth, which... Uh, could be good or bad. So it's probably bad, actually. The smoother the road, the longer it's been since it was graded. These are things that you might not be familiar with if you haven't lived in the country. Roads being graded. So there are people that are paid to quote-unquote maintain these quote-unquote roads. And... Um, they do so by dumping road base, which is a mixture of road and base. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's a mixture of big gravel 
not like Fred Flintstone's boulder big <laughs> be too big but like larger than your than tiny gravel it's fairly good sized gravel mixed with some sand and some dirt I think uh, so they spread a bunch of that on the road and of course what you're what you're trying to to get rid of is all of the potholes uh, or the washboard effect which somehow works when you get one little dip in the road it all starts with one little dip in the road and then a thousand cars go over it and they hit that dip and then like something about the way the uh, wheels then hit the next section of the road creates another dip I don't know the washboard effect how does that work? Does anybody out there have washboard abs? And they can tell me about it. Or send me photos. <laughs> Their abs. Um, that's You don't have to do that. But you can. If you want to. Nice color house. Ooh, I like that. I often see a house that I just wouldn't choose that color. You know, that's the first thing that goes through my mind. I think, you know, Nancy, I tell you what, Nancy, I wouldn't have chosen that color. <laughs> but what color would I choose? I don't know. Um, I got to start writing these down because you drive by a house and you're like, I wouldn't choose that color. In this case, it was it was like a dark gray, maybe a little greenish gray or a little bluish gray. I think a little bluish gray. And uh, but look great. Look great. Any really any any color looks pretty good on a house if it's got a quality paint job with like an accent color trim paint or just white trim, and the house isn't falling apart. Just about any color looks pretty cool, <clears throat> but there are some unexpected colors. How unexpected? Anyway, so grading the road, they dump a bunch of road base on the road, and then with a massive plow or grader machine, they scrape the gravel road base along until it, you know, and it fills in the little holes, and then I think they roll it, maybe. So when you think about that, that's a lot of work for, I mean, how long does it take to do a stretch of road? A lot. And how many stretches of roads are there? A lot. (laughs) And how many greater machines do they have in each of these towns or counties not that many like three maybe depending on the size of the county and then how many men do they have that work full time just grading roads just pushing just grading roads you know you do the math and what you'll come up with is some seriously shitty roads so it's a, it's a fact of life it's a part of life uh, just gonna get used to it go slow when you don't know the road and uh, haul ass when you can when you've got the clear, the green light you know you got a good patch and be grateful that it's not the dead of winter you're not skidding also on ice and snow. Uh, so really, California. moral of the story is California living is 
pretty great. And you, you, I get it. I get why a lot of people moved to California and are thinking, huh, I uh, wonder why I didn't do this before. <laughs> I, I love Vermont. I love Vermont. And I'm happy to be here. But there are certain inherent challenges to living in Vermont. And it's uh, there's a reward as well, I think. There's a reward as well. I think, the you know, the upside of shitty roads... Get out the way, squirrel! It's <laughs> close. The upside of shitty roads and bad weather is the place isn't overrun with people. So you never have to deal with traffic. And you rarely have to deal with complete asshole drivers. And the upside of terrible winters is beautiful springs. Beautiful springs and summers and people really busting loose for those few months when it's nice. Really living it up, living large, taking advantage of the situation. So those are the things, it's the trade-off. Whoa, big rock. Rock on the road. Now I'm on some real, this is really blacktop. Uh, boy, and it's just beautiful. The sun's out today. Yes, yes, the sun is out. The green mountains are really looking green. There's this big red barn that looks like it has a happy face on it, smiling at me. And I'm going to work. Going to go make some money. Go trade labor for money. Labor for greenbacks. And hopefully a little bit of learning, too. That's that's what I'm uh, telling myself. So I'm going to learn a lot. And that's important because I'm all about education. Uh, just not for our children. I don't think they need it. Um, I don't think they even want it. And I think we're really being presumptive to think that, you know, we know what's best for our children and that they should have an education. I think that people can arrive at that conclusion at some point on their own if they want to. If they want to decide that they want to go get educated, well, they can do it. You know, and if they don't ever learn to read or write, fine. It's fine by me. More books for the rest of us. You know? More paper and pencils for the rest of us. Maybe maybe they'll be cheaper. Maybe for a while there'll be like a surplus on notebooks. And just paper in general. And pens. Pens can be expensive. You want two Pilot G2 pens? You're going to have to pay like four dollars. Or more. Good pen. You know, people are like, oh, I just... Who, who buys pens? Suck, the suckers buy the pens, and then everyone else just picks them up wherever they can. But somebody's got to. Boy, I hope I didn't just miss my freaking turn. 
Better sign off, folks. I'm going to be real late to work. Adios. Cruising, cruising home from work, dude. Got myself a creamy. Got myself a malted milk creamy. <clears throat> Got it from a place that has over 60 flavors of creamies. For those of you that aren't from Vermont, a creamy is a soft serve ice cream. And it's spelled with four E's. Uh-huh. Four E's. I don't know how many words have four E's in them, but creamy is the only one that comes to mind. Well, I'm just getting to the point where I can actually enjoy this creamy. Because I ordered a small, which is quite large. Very large small. The small is, is pretty big. And uh, I don't know why they don't call it large. <laughs> they, sh- uh, it's it's just it's too big. They have the baby. That's what you gotta get. You gotta get the baby. Um, I think I've talked about this before, but like, can't we just start with small? Can't we just start at small and go up from there? Why do we have to be like, oh yeah, small is like the second smallest. That kind of bothers me. I'd rather just, you know, you get the small and it's the smallest one. And then and then you can go up. You can have extra large, double extra large, jumbo. You know, there's a lot of options at the other end of the spectrum. Well, baby, it makes sense. You know, I get it. But small, um, my book, <laughs> small should just be kind of, small should be relatively small. Well, I should have gotten the baby. I got the small. Uh, I'm looking at... Um, I'm just getting to the point where I'm past the the frantic licking. Um, that feeling of urgency when you have a small that's actually a large ice cream cone in your hand. And you know it's going to melt if you don't get at it. Uh, now I can finally relax and enjoy my cream. So I'm driving home from work. I made it through a three-day week, folks. Well, almost. (laughs) Today was a half day. And uh, I'll tell you what, it feels like it was a pretty good week of work. Three days. About 17 hours. Maybe, maybe 17 and a half. Uh, You know, that feels sufficient to me feel like I put in a good week of work, uh, treated myself to a creamy, heading home. I don't know how I'll do on a five-day week, but this week wasn't bad. I woke up today at 5.45. Really, no problem. Got right up. It might have helped me because it was a coffee day, so I knew that I was going to get up and make myself a cup of coffee first thing. 
I pretty much decided that, uh, well, no, no, nothing's, nothing's decided, folks, take that back, nothing's decided, but I liked, I made myself a real cup of coffee, and I sat down, and I drank it, and I had a piece of toast, which was really nice, and, and then I packed myself a breakfast salad for the road, now, this is a really nice combo for me, because, Normally, or recently, I've been making oatmeal in the morning. And oatmeal and coffee, it's a lot. If you're trying to get a whole bowl of oatmeal down your gut, your gullet, in, say, 20 minutes, and a cup of coffee, you're not going to enjoy your coffee. So then what we've been doing is putting coffee, like, putting coffee in a a to-go mug and taking it taking it where taking it where taking it taking it to go exactly taking it to go in the to-go mug which is all well and good I appreciate the concept which is that you can sip your coffee at your leisure But coffee out of a plastic spout is not nearly as satisfying as coffee out of a ceramic mug. Uh, you guys agree with that? Where do you where, where, where do you fall on that? It's like I'm not drinking coffee. I'm just caffeinating myself when I'm drinking out of a to-go, to-go mug. Ceramic mug, mm, it's got, you know, it's got the half. You can look at the coffee. You can swirl it around a little bit. You can tell when you're getting towards the end of the coffee, so you can sort of ration your coffee drinking. Whereas the, uh, Jesus Christ, it's hot in here. Here I'm sitting here without the air on. What am I, some kind of a iguana? Or desert, a desert gecko in here? turn on that air. This is pretty dangerous what I'm doing right now. Eating a creamy, recording a voice memo, steering, driving. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of traffic. Anyway, so today, I made coffee. I poured coffee for my fiance into her to-go mug. She likes to drink her coffee until about noon. Oh! at that can. Uh, and then I poured my pretty small cup of coffee into a ceramic mug and I sat down and I sat at the table and I had a piece of toast and I wrote a page in my journal and I drank my fucking coffee, bro. Mm, God, and it was, that's, that's the coffee experience right there. That's it. It's pure. You've got the toast, just a piece of toast to complement it, to give you that warm, salty, carby compliment to that coffee and you got the mug of coffee and it's first thing in the morning you know you're not you're in that lovely morning space and you got a notebook you got a notebook you can write in a pen and touch your balls a little bit actually I didn't do that but you could I don't know. What's your coffee experience like? That, to me, 
that was a great coffee experience. Just a great coffee experience. And it, and I don't need that much coffee then. I, and maybe I could do this every day. Maybe I would, don't need to do the coffee day, non-coffee day. If all I do is get up and that's my little ritual. First thing, go make a small cup of coffee, sit down at the table. And then it's like the coffee just happens. It's just part it's a natural part of that flow and it's not something I'm trying to force him like oh it's a coffee day so I'm going to make a lot of coffee and make espresso and the french press and then be sipping coffee all day in my fucking to go mug I don't need that it doesn't do anything for me I'm not really enjoying the coffee an hour later in the to go mug I've made my point I rest my case so that was my first week of work. Stained some boards. Uh, I got to sample a, f- a few different highs from three different wood stains. They each had a distinct smell, and I liked all of them. I li- enjoyed the contrast. I, you know, you smell it in the beginning when you s- open up the can and you start putting the stain on the wood, and then you put it down and you get the other color stain. And you start using it and you get that kick of the fresh high, of the, the new flavor. Ah, and it's a little different. Ah, it's got a different note to it. A little different aroma. Um, I wore a respirator. Oh, whoa, a respirator. It was the first, uh, the first day I, did, I didn't wear a respirator. And I was just breathing in you know, all these... Breathing, breathing in all these terrible fumes from the, the stain. Now, granted, we were out, outdoors. We, were, we were not inside, but still, I don't think it was very healthy to be breathing all the fumes from the stain. So I bought my respirator so I could put it over my head and, and nose and mouth. And um, wore rubber gloves, too. Safety first. I don't know if that respirator does shit, by the way. It's one of those big big honking ones with the double things on the sides. and I should probably change the thing in it. Change the filter, if you will. Never have, never will. No, I might. Probably have to order it online. That's what online ordering is all about. Because where are you going to get refill things for your freaking respirator? Well, you can buy them at the hardware store, but they'll be like $27. Hi. Hi. Uh, friends going for a walk. Uh, I don't know. I could go for a walk with them. But I got these fish sticks in the car. This is the problem with going grocery shopping after work. Is then you just, you have to go home. Because you have cold things in your, in your bag. I can't go walking around and dilly-dallying in Hardwick. When I've got fish sticks, fish sticks in the freezer, in the bag, gotta get them home, get them fish sticks home and get them in the freezer, dude. <laughs> can't be leaving those those fish sticks in your car, dude. <laughs> those fish sticks will get all rotten and soggy, dude. That will be no good anymore. <laughs> Get those, you, oh, dude, you got to get those fish sticks home. Yeah, I got fish sticks in the freezer. 
or I got to get the fish sticks in the freezer. Yes, I bought fish sticks. Oh boy, have you ever had some garlic parmesan, garlic parmesan fish sticks? Oh boy, it's real good. You can even do them in the toaster oven. They're buttery. Get a little mayo on there. What? Mayo? Gabe says mayo. Does he eat mayo? Well, provided it's got something in it. I'm not going to sit down and eat mayo with fish sticks. But if it's lemon mayo, I'm in, baby. I am in, into it. I'd say in like Flynn, but that's not really what that expression means, Charlie. In like Flynn, in like Flynn doesn't mean down, doesn't mean down as fuck, or (laughs) super down, I'm super down. That's what I'm trying to say about lemon mayonnaise, because I'm fucking down. But uh, in like Flynn means something completely different. In like Flynn means... Mm, I think that it went in easily. Okay. All right. We need to talk about something, guys. I just snorted on myself. First time today. Okay. So, it's not that bad. Also, my hands smell like gasoline. Because I used gasoline to clean my gants. I used a gallon of... No, you can't do that. I used a gallon of gasoline. Well, I used gasoline to... Hassling to clean my cans to get the stain off of them. Um, you know you're <laughs> a grubby construction dude when you're using gasoline to clean yourself. Right, maybe maybe some people like that. I like it. I like the smell of it. So I snorted on myself. You probably heard it. It happens. This is how it happens, folks. This is how you snort on yourself. Is when you laugh uh, through your nose. And it turns out I do this all the time. I didn't know that I did it all the time, but I do. And it's uh, it's instead of going, ha, ha, ha. Even when I laugh like that, a little bit can come out in my nose. But it's more when I just go, um, And it's when something suddenly makes me tinker, tinkle, titter, <laughs> titter, that's what I was looking for, <laughs> titter, that's the next app after Tinder, is titter, <laughs> just shows you pictures of things that'll make you titter, <laughs> like turkeys, never fail, wild turkeys, never fail to make me titter. Uh, so it's always been coming out of my left nostril. This has been going on for like two weeks, maybe three weeks. I don't know. I thought it's getting better. It might be getting better because at first it was happening multiple times a day. Now, essentially what we're dealing with is congestion, nasal congestion. Um, that's something everybody deals with time and and again. But does this ever happen to you where you go to laugh and you just get a fucking snot rocket coming out your nose? And then you have to stop and you hold your head really still and you look in one direction and you kind of tilt your head downwards so that nobody sees while you fumble around in the glove box for a napkin or something. Or if you have nothing, you have to just wipe it on your fingers and then 
rub your fingers out in the, to dry or something. Or if someone's not looking, you can grab a corner of their garment. That'll do too. Or you could use your own garment, but better to use somebody else's because then you don't have to wash it. And then you don't have snot on your garment. And it's clear. I don't think anybody would ever notice, honestly. It would come out in the wash. So just put it in, you know how they say, like with stain or paint color, first tested in a small, out of the way port part that won't be noticed? Think along those lines when you're smearing snot on somebody else's garment. Just find a place a little bit um, out of the way. Well, it's not fun. It's it's debilitating. It's debilitating. It's crushing. It's it's crushing my spirit because I I love to laugh. That's what I love to do. That's that's what people always say about me. Well, one thing about Gabe, he he sure loves to laugh. And it's true. I do. I do love to laugh. Well, here we go. I'm peeling off the American flag for my creamy. And what do you know? There's a little bit of paper left there. Nice. nice. It's probably a nice little mixture of paper and glue. Uh, you might think, well, what do you care? You just smeared gasoline all over your hands. You could eat some paper and glue. Well, I could, but it kind of bothers me that I've, and I've made this joke before, but do they not te- test these cones? Are you not supposed to eat the cone that's covered by the American flag? Are you supposed to get down there and then just throw it into the ocean or stuff it down a baby turtle's mouth? No, I eat my whole cone. And it's the best part. A lot of people know that. A lot of people will agree with me on that. I mean, I would venture to say the majority of ice cream cone eaters would agree with me that the best part of the cone is the actual cone when you've got all the delicious ice cream in the cone and you're eating it with the cone. Well, now I've got to eat around a big freaking patch of paper glue. Tell you what, this malted milk flavor of creamy is really good. I may get it again. It's a little unsettling to me that they have 63 flavors of creamies. How does that work? I ask you. Surely they don't have a stock of 63 different ice creams. They have a stock of like one ice cream and then they just inject flavoring into it. Does this happen on a cone by cone basis? I don't know. How do they do it? I could ask them. Or maybe I will. Tell you what, that parking lot was a fucking death trap. It's like on a major highway in Vermont, which is a two-lane road where people go like 60 miles an hour. And it's just a wham-bam, thank you, man, driveway. It's like a driveway off a residential street. Just straight, straight to the left. Like, slow all the way down to five miles an hour and pull in, and then, what, are you going to back out across two lanes of traffic? Ooh. With a fucking creamy in your hand? <laughs> Good luck, Charlie. Well, that's what I did. It was pretty badass. I backed it up. I saw my window, and I fucking went for it. Fucking gunned it in reverse, dude. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Fucking gunned her. Gunned her back across the couple lanes there, dude, and then shoved her into first with my creamy on top of the stick shift sticking up there, dude. I had a yeah, small size creamy, but you know, this is pretty good size, even though small cream is a pretty good size, dude. And uh, slammed her into first and, and took off. Yeah, no problem. I'm really considering eating this paper glue. But so, if you're gonna do that, why buy organic? <laughs> 
You know what I mean? They're just going to eat paper and glue. What are you doing paying $1.50 more for organic celery? I don't know. A lot of contradictions. Well, folks, I've got now a tiny little piece of cone with creamy in it with paper glue on the outside of it. And I'm going to go find a baby animal's to... Uh, a baby animal's throat that I can stuff this down. Thanks for um, listening to this portion of the podcast. I guess I don't really need to do that intro, outro, transition, because I'm probably going to record that later. But um, thanks for supporting me through my first week of work. It was two and a half days of work, and uh, I'm just really glad I made it. Um, Thanks for being so proud of me. What else? Get the baby-sized cone. That's my advice. Pro tip. folks that was my work week thanks for following along i want to give you an update on the bread uh whatever that flour was it wasn't bread flour and it wasn't ours and um i think it was just plain old whole wheat flour and the bread came out small it didn't rise enough and uh maybe i didn't use enough yeast you know, maybe that quarter teaspoon, little teeny tiny measuring spoon was inaccurate. I'll try it again, though. You know what they say when your bread comes out small and tough and too dense. Uh, try it again. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Uh, if you have any questions, go ahead and send me an email at gaberobertsart at gmail.com. I'm going to leave you guys with a song I have been obsessively listening to, Shaky Graves. That's S-H-A-K-E-Y, Graves. Um, The dude is something of a musical genius, I am convinced. And his album, I think he may have another one, but the only one that's available on Spotify is called And the War Came. Hmm. Never really thought about that. It's kind of dark. Uh, I've never really thought about any of his lyrics, really, but I, that's kind of... I don't, like, analyze lyrics in music. I just I just take the pulse, get the vibe, see how it feels. And this, this stuff feels good. So this is me uh, covering his song called Hardwired. Um, the guitar's not great, just going to say that. Both my playing and the buzzing strings. A little buzz, but at least it isn't a buzz in the background of the audio. I've recorded this entire podcast on my trusty little phone. Just for you, so it won't buzz in your ears. Alright y'all, tune in next time. Um, Thanks for listening, keep it real, and good night. And adios. And other things. Um... Pineapples. <laughs> I haven't had a pineapple in a while, or a mango, or a papaya. Boy, could go for a. Well, I'd choose mango. 
out of all those. All right, until next time, folks. Adios. Well, water was wine back on Blue Mountain time. Where I watched your loving expire. While I laid close to you as the lace on the shoe. That's when I knew we were hardwired. Well, you bumbled like bees, and I boiled like the seas. While you led where no one would follow. So I hid in the mud of my Catholic blood. Let that minute hand race towards tomorrow. Well, you are as you came, mostly bliss and cocaine. Just a match begging for fire. Yeah, and I am as I was. Sick with mercy and love Well, I'm sorry enough I was hardwired So, baby, sit by the still And drink up your fill And tell all of them people your problems Cause those friends were so true When you were 22 But now you've got nothing in common Cause they are as they came Mostly bliss and cocaine Just a match begging for fire And I am as I was Sick with mercy and love Where the truth always was We were hardwired So go brace for good times Oh, and do what feels right And send me the Cause I am as I came And I'll still be the same I got nothing to blame Mmm, I was hardwired Yeah, cause I am as I was And I'll stay here because always was we were hardwired